Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Almost everyone at some point in their life will experience acne. From the teenage breakout to persistent inflamed cystic acne in adulthood, I'm sure you've had at least one experience of trying to conceal, dry out or reduce a dreaded breakout in your skin and it usually seems to occur right before an event or something important. I'm no stranger to acne myself and I had the usual hormonal breakouts as a teen but they were persistent, they were sore, they were red, I was so self-conscious and I even recall not going to school some days because I was just you know, afraid what people would think of my spotty skin. It did come down in my later teens, but it reappeared with a vengeance in my early 20s. And ironically, this was actually when I was studying at uni and I was working in a skin clinic where I had access to every topical skincare cream, serum, treatment and peel that was possible, but it continued to get worse. It didn't get better. And it was only when I took a hard look at my lifestyle and I stopped overdoing it that my skin improved. And now I've just turned 30 and I don't recall the last time I felt worried about leaving the house because of a breakout. But it certainly has been a journey. Welcome to episode number nine of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Carly Whitcross. She's a dermal clinician at Caps Plastic Surgery Clinic in Canberra. Carly graduated from a Bachelor of Health Science specializing in dermal therapies, a degree that finished or she finished in 2010. And for the last, you know, many years since then, she's worked in Canberra's leading aesthetic plastic surgery clinic, CAPS Clinic, um, with a renowned plastic and reconstructive surgeon, Dr. Alastair Taylor. Carly is one of the senior dermal clinicians and she's also the unit manager within the practice and her experience and dedication has led her towards mentoring, training and educating new staff within the practice as well as being a past clinic supervisor at Victoria University. She's really passionate about all facets of the dermal sector um, but when it comes to actually treating her clients she specializes in photo aging and um, treating acne. So today Carly is going to share with us how viewing more holistically or viewing acne more holistically will lead to better outcomes but she's also going to give us some practical tips on how you can treat or seek out treatment for your own acne or acne scarring. And I started by asking Carly what she thought the biggest misconception about acne was. I think that there really is a big um, misconception around the fact that there is a quick fix or a magic pill or magic solution for, for acne. Unfortunately, it's um, multifactorial, meaning that there are many uh, contributing factors that need to be addressed or investigated in order to manage the condition. 
And I think that's so true, especially with, you know, the Instagram world and everyone's wanting a quick fix and an overnight fix and we want things done now. And unfortunately, we just don't have control over our skin to that point or to that extent as much as we would all love that. I know. I wish. (laughs) Um, And tell us about your background, just so the listeners have a bit of a perspective of um, your background, what you do, um, what you practice in. Sure. So I completed the Bachelor of Health Science, uh, General Therapies, 10 years ago, actually. So in 2009, um, and for the past 12 years, I've worked for the CAPS Clinic, which is in Canberra, for a plastic and reconstructive surgeon named Dr. Alastair Taylor. Um, and I've also done a little bit of clinical supervision with uh, Victoria University, so working in their teaching clinic. And I've been on the committee for the Australian Society of Dermal Clinicians since 2013. So as vice chair, chair, and now in the marketing and media portfolio, which I'm really enjoying. So it's safe to say you've seen a lot of skin and probably a lot of acne in your time as well. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, So we know acne is a concern for many Australians young and you know going into their 30s and 40s are you able to provide a bit of an idea of the actual impact yes certainly so look acne affects so many uh, Australians I think probably majority of people would suffer from acne at some point in their life whether going through um, adolescence or even later in life, I'm seeing it a lot, um, a lot of adult, adult acne. Um, and it not only affects people physically, but also psychologically or, or mentally as well, which is huge and which is why I guess I do my job or why I love my job is helping people to, to gain that, that confidence. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So is acne, is acne, is acne? Like are there different types? Um, is, is one, is kind of teenage acne the same as adult acne? Is there a classification? There is. Um, so the way I look at it is teenage acne and adult acne is technically all the same in terms of how it, it is, um, comes about, but the causes are often and the presentations are often different so we have non-inflammatory inflammatory uh, acne or lesions so your non-inflammatory is your things like your blackheads and whiteheads um, and your inflammatory is more papules pustules and nodules so um, in non-technical technical terms your papules are your like your blind pimples your pustules are more the little pussy ones and the nodules are the little lumps that that you get deep under the, the skin. You can have a um, one or, or all of them, a mixture of both, um, and it will commonly affect, you know, the face, neck, chest and back. But there are different, as you're saying, different um, classifications So as to how they come about. So acne cosmetica is um, caused by what you apply or use on the skin. So a lot of that I personally find is makeup um we will talk to a client about how to uh, make changes with their regime and a lot of it comes down to just making changes to um the makeup that they're that they're wearing and there are some 
um, main culprits that I have personally found, um, and it generally comes down to to the ingredients. But there's also things like acne mechanica, so it's from um, friction and heat. So we look at during a consultation, we look at what people are um, doing, not only what they're applying, but what are they what are they doing and what are those um, factors. And I mentioned briefly also just about um, where things will present um, as well. So that often will um, give you a bit of indication as to what might be might, um, what might be causing the acne as well. Mm, okay, so it's more than just hormones. It could be caused by things we're doing in our day to day life. And even when you're talking about makeup, considering things like sunscreen could yes. have an impact or you know, wearing your um, yoga pants or yoga top around all day, <laughs> for example. Yes. Um, yes, yeah. I, I often find um, kids that wear helmets or headbands, caps, and they're not sort of that, again, that friction and the sweat. Um, and also um, blow dryers and things like that as well, just that, that heat from constantly blow drying the hair. Um, is quite interesting as well. Mm, and people wouldn't consider that, you know, blow drying their hair every morning. They wouldn't consider that that would somehow contribute to acne. Mm. No, not necessarily. And tell us a little bit more about, um, I guess, the the actual mechanism of acne. So you've kind of talked about some of the causes, but what's happening within the skin? Yes, certainly. So it is multifactorial, as I talked about before, and there are sort of four main factors that people talk about or, or know about in t that can be impacting or, or causing um, in terms of the um, mechanism. So excess oil production. So most people will notice that they're, they're a little bit more oily. There's inflammation within the, the skin as well. Uh, there's often a overproduction of cells, which will actually cause a, um, a blockage uh, of the follicle. So your little um, plugs or, again, back, um, blackheads like uh, people. The presence of uh, bacteria, which is uh, Cutibacterium acnes. Mm, okay. So it can be not just one thing, but perhaps all these four things working together. Yeah. That will produce different types of acne, whether it be um, or with different presentations, whether it be blackheads or actual pustules and more inflammatory type acne. Yes. Yeah. So what are some of the common treatments for these types of presentations for acne? So in my experience, um, it's the exfoliation type treatments. So things like microdermabrasion and peeling procedures. But LED is quite popular and effective as well. Um, so that's sort of, I guess, the, the most common treatments that I find uh, for treating acne. But then there's also the scarring side of things. So we hope that we don't get to that point. Um, but a lot of patients um, may not have intervened early enough. So there is some scarring. So that's where uh, lasers and other light modalities come into play. Needling is um, quite popular and effective as well. Um, particularly for superficial scarring, helps with uh, the overall appearance of the texture of the skin. There can also be um, treatments um, from 
cosmetic injectors, so the use of fillers to improve the appearance of pitting, but also plastic surgeons. So I would get Dr. Taylor in some cases to excise some deep scarring if it's appropriate. So sometimes um, no matter what we do from a skin level and treatment and skincare perspective, the deeper the scar, the harder it is to treat. So excision can work quite well in some cases. Mm. And you mentioned about scarring and you said if we haven't intervened early enough, then scarring can become an issue. So what would be intervening and and why would a scar occur? Mm. I find that the more severe the acne is, so the more um, inflammation that there is, um, the more severe it's going to be. So some people have, as I mentioned before, acne not only on their face but on their chest and back um, and their bodies is so working so hard and so overloaded that yes, scarring will will occur. So generally, if you can catch people early enough, when it is generally some of your non-inflammatory type uh, type lesions, then you can manage it really quite well. Often people will sort of think, oh, "I'll just let it go and um, and see what happens." Um, it can. You you never know. I guess which way it's gonna going to go that it can go downhill very quickly um and scarring as i said psychological people are left with those scars for unfortunately the rest of their their life so we want to try and calm the inflammation and repair the barrier function as um as quickly as as possible and try and investigate what the client is currently doing or not doing or using uh, and make um, suggestions for for changes so what would the ideal kind of acne treatment plan look like or at least in your practice? In our practice, um, look, it really is one that is that takes a holistic approach. So that's looking at skincare, what's used or not used, diet, lifestyle, whether hormones may play a part genetics often do um and often to be able to take a holistic approach it, it generally means working collaboratively with a team of of specialists so um there might be um endocrinologists nut- nutritionists um, dermatologists it's even beauty therapists um, we can we can call on them to to help out as well so that's how we get the best best results is doing the groundwork first and, and investigating and looking into all of the the causes and the contributing factors and then working out a plan that not only involves me or us but also looking outside of, of my scope and, and seeing who else can, can help in that situation. Hmm. And I can imagine especially if, you know, you mentioned before about acne having a psychosocial effect on people, some people might feel anxious or depressed or or even not wanting to leave the house if they're having acne breakouts. So even not just from a physical standpoint, it's also to have a look and see if it's necessary to refer them to someone to assist with their um, psychological, I guess, health as De- well. Definitely. That's, that's really important. Mm. And you mentioned 
within that about you look at lifestyle in the consultation process. So do you think lifestyle plays a role in the development of acne or even in the treatment of acne? Yes. I truly believe that um, it plays a massive, massive part. So I know that when we're stressed, we get breakouts, but I also know that the food and or medications that we put into our body will affect our skin. And there actually is some evidence that has started to come out to support this, which is great. Mm. So what kinds of foods and things would you say may have an impact or even the role of stress? How do, what does that look like? Mm. So things like there's been a correlation between milk and for some people it's and dairy in general um, that has an effect on, on causing breakouts. And also high glycemic foods has also been been shown um, to have an impact. So if people have low glycemic diets and um, some people need to cut out or um, significantly cut down on dairy and or milk as well. So I find it's easier to talk to patients about what to eat and drink rather than what not to. So obviously plenty of, of water. Um, eating more fresh uh, vegetables and you need a bit of protein and, and good fats in there as well. By doing that, you're crowding out the things like sugary drinks and foods and starchy or high, um, high carbohydrate type foods as well, that which will convert to, uh, to sugar within the body, which then spikes your insulin. Insulin is a hormone, which then obviously goes on to affect and cause acne as well. Mm, really interesting how, you know, things like stress will spike, um, it's, you know, cortisol levels, which then in turn affects hormones. And even with food, you know, we don't often think about how these things like a low grade stress, which all of us have, because we all mm. live busy lives um, and we might not think we're stressed, but we can have this low grade type of chronic stress that we might feel okay about it, but our body is producing these hormones as, uh, as a result of that. And clients or patients might not even realize that this alone could be enough to perhaps cause acne or some other condition in the skin. Mm, definitely. It plays a really big part. And as you say, people just don't realize Mm. So if someone was actually having treatments and say that it was a holistic approach and they were seeing a dermal clinician or a dermatologist or dermal therapist, how long would they kind of expect to see results when treating acne? Oh, man. So look, I'd love to say that I could just click my fingers and, and their skin would be, that it would be gone and their skin would be amazing. But unfortunately, uh, the results aren't immediate. I think that the more people do in terms of looking at that holistic approach the faster it will happen but the success definitely comes with time commitment and definitely compliance um, often you can start to see some kind of results as early as sort of two weeks and that's a lot a lot of that comes from just you know taking out certain um ingredients or, or products from from the regime trying to really calm that inflammation but in my experience it can take anywhere from three months and even for some people even up to two years 
Um, but as I sort of mentioned before that, yeah, early diagnosis and, and treatment is really important to try and um, cease that, that progression of the disease as well. Mm, so it really is a journey. Mm, we, we do regular check-ins and education with the patient. We find that that really helps with, with managing it. So, so that the client doesn't feel like they're alone, that you're sort of constantly holding their hand through the, the process and reassuring them that it is going to get better. Yeah. And I think when you're having treatment for whatever, we kind of view the results by what we can actually physically see with our eyes. Mm. And I can imagine with acne, sometimes, yes, it may be improving. Maybe, yes, there's less inflammation, but unless you're looking at the skin with a trained eye, you might not necessarily see those changes that may seem subtle, but actually are um, signifying that there have been improvements in the skin. Um, and I can imagine that it would be quite disheartening for some people if they've spent time and money on these treatments and seeing professionals and doing these investigation. And, you know, it takes two to three to months to even two years to see real results to clear our skin. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It is, it is tough and it is heartbreaking sometimes. I think that photos in this particular situation are really important i think photos in general are important but i think in this particular scenario just to be able to refer back because people do forget what they look like or what they started with so that's a really good good tool but also asking them other questions um, i tend to find that they'll mention things like they're they if you ask do are you wearing less makeup or something as simple as as that or how long it might take them to to put their makeup on in the morning or little things like that might give them a different perspective on how, how much it has actually improved. Cause most people will find that they're wearing less, less makeup or it's quicker to apply or which generally means that it's improving. Mm, yeah, that's really, that's a really good point. So in regards to the different types of not different types of acne, but I guess the different grades or severity of acne, when would it be, appropriate to actually have further investigations when i'm doing a consultation and there appears to be other involvement um i would generally refer so what i mean by that is if i felt that there was some kind of hormonal involvement um then i might refer to an endocrinologist so if I feel that, yeah, the, the hormones are uh, potentially causing it or have um, quite a big impact. So we often see clients with polycystic ovarian syndrome. They can often have excessive hair growth as well as acne, but they're generally uh, looked after by an endocrinologist as well. I would refer clients to, say, a dermatologist if, as I mentioned before, the acne is really severe with large um, painful nodules and the presence or high likelihood of developing scarring. I think it's important to, to refer. And I may refer to a nutritionist as well if the client seems to have uh, things like allergies or food intolerances, tummy, tummy troubles. And you're mentioning also, I guess, about um, stress and things like that, that there is sort of this link with the, the gut. So I think that 
um, I do have some knowledge and some interest in nutrition, but it, it's good to refer out as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if someone is just experiencing some some congestion or some blackheads, it might not be appropriate or necessarily to actually have further investigations. I guess we're more talking when it's really impacting that person's life or it is quite severe or if it's become chronic and it's not actually um, resolving after treatments, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. You can, based on those, you can sort of, yeah, know who needs referring and who doesn't. Yeah. Mm. And so what are the common things that you tend to see that may that people do that may be aggravating their condition whether they've been trying lots of treatments before they came to or whether they've just start you know started to develop acne what are the main types of things that people think they're doing the right thing and it's simply not helping them at all mm. probably the, the number one thing is over cleaning the skin um, and that goes on to then dry the skin which then goes on to produce more oil it's sort of this vicious cycle um i think that they think that they can scrub away the oil or that somehow their skin is dirty which just unfortunately it's it's not the case um yeah so i i'd have to say that that's probably the the main mm. and i can imagine that happening and i remember even having acne as a teenager I would wash frequently and not with gentle cleansers that might calm inflammation. These would be like things that would be deep cleansing type things and maybe even have granules in them. And I'd do it multiple times a day thinking if my skin was just cleaner, then maybe it would be able to really try this breakhead out and heal it more quickly. Yes. Yes. You and everybody else uh, thinks like that. And I think a lot of it comes from, the a lot of the product companies i guess sort of um you know on tv or that type of thing that are sending that that message message out so i think it's really important to to see someone who can give you the right information and assess you as an individual rather than just asking you you know what's your skin like or i have oily skin well here's an and you know and um an oil-free cleanser or moisturizer or something like that it's really important to get get the right advice Mm. so if someone was experiencing acne and maybe they weren't under the care of someone where would they go how would they know who would be the best person to treat them um how would they know what treatments were actually going to work? I mean, it's it's all good and well to say go to your local clinic or um, go to your local pharmacy or go, you know, buy this thing that you saw on TV. But that's not necessarily the best advice because there's so much information out there. So mm. what can someone do? Yeah, look, it's really confusing, to be honest, Um I'm probably a little bit biased and I would say go and see a dermal clinician. I, you know, uh, that's what I, I know because that's what I've studied. Um, we're skin experts and we have the time and the interest to spend investigating into all things relating to the skin and why something may be presenting or occurring. We're like 
detectives, I think, looking for links between systems within the body or outside factors that may be contributing to why something is occurring. But in having said that, oh, look, there's so, as I said, there's so much information out there. Um, I think just trying to find someone that you, that you trust um, a lot of dermal clinicians and even skin specialists will have um, relationships with their general practitioners as well. So if you were to go to your general practitioner, they may refer you to a dermal clinician or a skin specialist. Um, but yeah, that it is a bit of a tricky one, I must say. Mm. So, um, well, I'm I'm sure we can um I, we can provide some more information in the show notes of um some some resources for example some links to perhaps find um someone in your local area but you were talking about or you know my my previous question was about what people do to aggravate the condition um and we don't want to be Dr Google here and be telling people, you know, giving advice without seeing their skin. But what would perhaps one or two things be that someone could do if they were experiencing acne that may see an improvement in their skin or or just help with their condition? I start patients off at looking at what's actually doing an audit of what's in their current skincare because it's not all about saying, oh, you have to use what, what we use in the clinic often when you go to a clinic they will have products there um, which is great because we know what's in them and back to front and inside out we we know what's in them and what works and what doesn't we've got um, uh, endless you know experience with them but the main thing I start with clients is to give them information that even if they don't choose to come on board with us as a client or a patient that giving them some information to take home. So things like avoiding sulfates, that's probably a really, a really big one. Uh, Sulfates will act a bit like detergent on the skin and strip and dry. Um, There's things like also um, uh, propylene glycol, your um, petroleum type based uh, ingredients as well so I find it just comes back to the ingredients and auditing what's actually in them and for those that that don't know as consumers then um, generally your dermal clinician or your skin specialist will be able to give you a list but also just if you're interested typing into into google each ingredient and trying to figure out what is the actual purpose of that ingredient is it an emollient, a humectant, is it a um, surfactant? What it, What is the purpose of it in that product? Because a lot of them that you'll find, especially your over-pounder uh, products, what they put on the label is not always, doesn't always match up to what's in the in- ingredients. So that can be, again, a little bit confusing for, for the average person. Mm. So just becoming a bit of a self-detective and, and not self-diagnosing necessarily, but becoming a bit more of a, an informed consumer. And I think there's lots of information online about that and, and people really are being 
cluing up a bit about what is actually in their products and what the ingredients do. And I think that's a really um, good movement that is occurring, but also really good advice that, yes, it's important that you go see someone that is specialised and that they know what they're doing and they're experienced and they're qualified. But it's also really important that you do your due diligence yourself. Mm. And, you know, you perhaps you... Um, have a look at your own lifestyle and and even keeping a diary of when you might have flare-ups in your acne and you can link that maybe back to certain foods or certain situations. And I think that's a, a really um, yeah great way of treating holistically but also when you do go see a specialist, you have a bit of an idea about what you're dealing with as well. Yes, because the more information that you can give, then the easier it is and the, uh, the, the more information you're giving them, they can construct, put more pieces of the puzzle together, I guess, to actually know where you've come from, what's, what's working, what's not, what potentially is yeah, causing it so that they can uh, put all the, the pieces of the puzzle together to sort of go, okay, well, this is what we need to, to concentrate on and this is how we're going to, to move forward. So, Carly, you're at CAPS Clinic in Canberra. Yes. So for anyone in um, local to Canberra or passing through that may have um, acne, then um, how would they find out a little bit more about CAPS? So we do have Instagram and Facebook. So if you just type in caps clinic we also do have a website as well www.capsclinic.com.au and i'll be there (laughs) and do you have any um ending words or parting words with our listeners oh (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question um stick with it i guess um it may seem like a really long journey, but if you put all the yeah pieces of the puzzle together and and not do anything in in unison, think of it as a whole lifestyle type uh, modification or change, um, then yeah, it, the skin will improve in leaps and bounds. For yeah, sure. yeah. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on today's show, Carly. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye for now. Bye. What a great interview. Carly shared with us the different types and causes of acne and gave some really practical advice on how to manage and treat acne. But the three deeper than skin insights that really stood out to me were number one, stress can actually lead to acne breakouts. I don't know about you, but any excuse for some relaxation and a bath or yoga class is good enough for me. So start running that tub. Um, Number two, the treatment of acne should take on a holistic approach. So if your acne is progressive or it's affecting your self-confidence or there may be some underlying conditions, it may, it will, it is really important that you seek the experience of 
other specialties and you may even need further investigation as well to make sure that there's not some underlying conditions that is causing or affecting your breakouts such as um, thyroid or hormone issues. Number three, over cleansing your skin is not the solution to treating your acne. In fact, over cleansing can lead to what we call an impaired barrier. So the skin's vital oils are removed, stripped, and as a result, excess oil is produced and inflammation is also increased. And it's this vicious, vicious cycle. So thank you so much for joining Carly and I on the Heal Thy Skin podcast today. If you found it interesting or useful, I'd love for you to subscribe so you get notified on future episodes. Until next time. Are you feeling disempowered or confused about your skin? You can now join the Derm Health Co. Insider community to learn about your skin, connect with others in the community and find specialized practitioners to feel empowered on your skin health journey so you can face the world faster. Whether you are experiencing a long-standing skin condition, recent disease, injury, trauma or niggling skin question, there is a place for you at Derm Health Co. And the best part is that as a Derm Health Co. Insider, your membership is absolutely free. So jump online at dermhealth.co and join today. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.